Have you ever noticed that the lower jaw is not protected in sports? Did you know that 10,800 concussions will happen today? This has been an upward trend for the past 50 years. I'm Dr. Michael Hutchison, a practicing neuromuscular dentist. When my son wanted to participate in football and rugby, I was afraid he was going to get a concussion. That fear led me to finding the missing link to reducing concussions. The fact is, the only part of the skull that is not protected in sports is the lower jaw. If you want to drastically reduce concussions, there are three basic jaw positions that affect concussions and two of them are not good. The correct one is called physiologic jaw position. It will dissipate the force away from the brain. Knowing that, I designed an appliance that put my son's jaw in the right place and as a result, he was concussion-free from fifth grade all the way to senior year. This jaw position takes those 10,800 concussions today down to 28. It's the key to concussion protection. As a parent, this is what you need to know. It's extremely important that the device you are using is on the lower jaw. Thickness of the device is important. Most importantly, it must position and hold you in your own unique personal physiologic jaw position. So if your child goes out on the field with the correct jaw position, your son or daughter will not one of those 10,800 concussions today. Get yours today at powerplusmouthguard.com. Use the promo code POWERUP2023 for 10% off. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. This story was written and produced by your host, Ross Bliley, edited by Nikki Bliley. You can follow me on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the podcast on multiple music streaming providers, including Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, subscribe to the show on the Sports History Network. As a conversation starter, you can email me questions or leave feedback of the show at pigskintailspodcast at gmail.com. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of filmmusic.io. Before we get into the story, I have to mention newspapers.com. I use it for my research and I love it because it gives me so much interesting information I would have never found otherwise. If you visit SportsHistoryNetwork.com, we offer a free one-week subscription as a trial. With a paid subscription, you'll be supporting the production of this podcast as well as the other shows. Once again, thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales Podcast. Last time on the Pigskin Tales podcast, I introduced you to a man that became a star in Cincinnati Bengals franchise history. Jim LeClaire was a guy from South St. Paul, Minnesota, who grew up to be an all-pro at the NFL level. His passion, toughness, and never-say-quit attitude propelled him to the highest level. He is remembered for his love of God, family, and football in that order. He also played for the New Jersey Generals for two seasons in the USFL in the mid-1980s.
This time on the Pigskin Tales podcast, I'll dive a little deeper into Jim's football career. This is Pigskin Tales. After graduating from South St. Paul in 1968, LeClaire enrolled in education classes at the University of Minnesota Crookston. He joined the football team as a middle linebacker and wrestled for the Golden Eagles for two seasons. He captained the 1968 team to become a nationally ranked team with a record of 6-2 and and a Northern Conference Championship title along with a Minnesota Junior College League Championship. By 1969, his sophomore year, his hard work paid off when he earned All-MCAC honors and NJCAA All-Region honors in football, and was ranked first in the state of Minnesota and fourth in the nation in wrestling. In his wrestling career at Crookston, his record was an impressive 25 wins to two losses in the 190-pound division. As a captain for both the football and wrestling teams, LeClaire was the guy that everybody looked up to. He motivated players and coaches to be their very best. He never took anything for granted. In my opinion, he thought that winning those awards were great, but there was much more to life than just winning awards and being recognized for his athletic ability. According to a newspaper article clipped from the Rapid City Journal found on newspapers.com, dated for April 6, 1986, in an interview with LeClaire about how he found the head coaching job at Mayville State University in Mayville, North Dakota, he said, I have wanted to be a football coach since the sixth grade. I heard of the opening here and checked on it. The article then mentions that he was one of three finalists for the position. The other two were Hatton High School coach Jim Housen and offensive coordinator Jerry Pitzer from Chadron State University out of Nebraska. In 1970, Jim decided to transfer colleges and enroll in education classes at the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks. He joined the football team again at the middle linebacker position and helped the 71 team to a record of six wins, three losses, and one tie, plus a North Central Conference Championship. Jim was also a two-time All-American and two-time All-NCC selection. In both seasons, LeClaire was named to UND's Most Valuable Player and NCC's Most Valuable Lineman. One stat line that most people like to talk about with LeClaire was his 71 season. He finished with 187 solo tackles, 3 interceptions, 4 fumble recoveries, and 11 forced fumbles. For those that are wondering, is that good? Uh, yeah, that's good. That's very good. He did all that in 10 games. A lot of professionals don't even do that in a 16 or 17 game season. He graduated from UND with a bachelor's degree in education in 1971. Let's take a quick break here. 
we at the Sports History Network are thrilled to work with our sponsors and partners. With their support, we are able to produce great content for you. The other cool thing is most of our sponsors and partners offer discounts to pass along to our fans. So if you go to the sportshistorynetwork.com slash sponsors page, you'll find Row 1, Royal Retros, Play Classic, Thrive Fantasy, and Mega Seats. All of these offer great discounts. Specifically at Row 1, you can save 15% at the Row 1 Gallery with the code SHN. The Row 1 Gallery includes over 5,200 reproduced sports history prints on a variety of sizes of wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. The Row 1 Shop also has thousands of more unique items with retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts and long-sleeve shirts, phone cases and mugs, blankets and pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. With Royal Retros, they're the king of throwbacks. They've got jerseys, shirts, hats, collectibles, and more from defunct leagues and other teams in those leagues. From Play Classic Games, it's sports simulation board games. Just use the code SHN for 10% off your first order. From Thrive Fantasy, it's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. Use the promo code SHN for instant 100% match up to 100 bucks. And with Mega Seats, they're tickets with no fees. You can save up to 10% with the code SHN. So check them out on the SportsHistoryNetwork.com sponsors page. That's SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash sponsors. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of FilmMusic.io. And we're back. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. So now that I've told you about Jim's collegiate career at the University of Minnesota Crookston and the University of North Dakota, the next part of his story is the NFL. In the spring of 1972, Jim declared himself for the NFL draft. This is where college students from around the country apply to play pro football. There are media days where all the teams in the league get together and interview all the incoming prospects. There is also a combine in which future players show NFL scouts their physical attributes, like how fast they can run and how good they they are at catching the ball. Teams also look at how smart they are at processing information in high-pressure situations. You see, back when the NFL draft started in 1936, they didn't care about any of this stuff. Teams just cared if you were big and strong enough to handle the physicality of the game. Now, teams take into account a lot more than just physical attributes. There's a lot of thinking that's involved. That's why some of the highest paid players in the NFL right now, like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, get paid hundreds of millions of dollars for four to ten years. Their ability to master quick decisions in split seconds is unbelievable. So, in 1972, when Jim applied to play football professionally, he was selected in the third round by the Cincinnati Bengals. Over the course of 12 seasons with the Bengals, Jim was the starting middle linebacker for 10 of the 12 seasons. 
This is a position that is very stressful. Why, you ask? Well, Jim had to be the guy to call the defense from the coach on the sideline, and then he had to go make the play. It wasn't always easy because the opposing team set up in different formations and then shifted into another formation to throw off the defense. So a middle linebacker, you have to be the guy that makes the split decisions on the field for the entire team to be successful in stopping the offense from getting a pivotal first down or a score to win the game. Sometimes you have to be willing to sacrifice yourself for the good of the team in order to win the game. What do you mean? It means that you have to put your body in a position to win the down. It might mean going up against a bigger, a guy bigger than you to stop a guy that's faster than you. You have to be willing to give a big hit or get hit in order for someone else to make the play. That's why it's stressful. In 1976, Jim made the Pro Bowl and was named to the NFL's All-Pro Team. Making the Pro Bowl in the mid-70s is quite an accomplishment. It means that you're better than all the other players that didn't make it, but had an outstanding season. What's impressive about it for me is the fact that he came from many small schools and beat out others in better conferences and bigger NFL markets. That's pretty rare. In 1981, Jim captained the Bengals to a season record of 12 wins and 4 losses. The road to Super Bowl 16 for the Bengals included a win at the Buffalo Bills, 28-21 in the divisional round, and a win at the San Diego Chargers, 27-7 in the conference championship, which is dubbed the Freezer Bowl. Super Bowl 16 was played on January 24, 1982 at the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit, Michigan. The Cincinnati Bengals against the San Francisco 49ers. Our hero of this story, Jim LeClaire, was the starting middle linebacker, as was customary. To start the game, the Bengals special teams unit forced a fumble on the 49ers and recovered it in 49er territory. On the Bengals' first offensive possession, quarterback Ken Anderson threw an interception on the 10-yard line. Back and forth the game went until the third quarter when the 49er defense stopped the Bengals from scoring from the one-yard line on four straight downs, keeping the score at 20-7. Cincinnati did come back and score another touchdown, making the score 20-14, but Joe Cool, Montana, and the 49ers kept them at bay with a 40-yard field goal from kicker Ray Worshings to go up by nine with two minutes to go. In the last two minutes, Anderson threw a pivotal interception that allowed the 49ers to keep momentum on their side. But LeClaire and the Bengal defense held the 49ers to another field goal. With 30 seconds to go, Anderson and the Bengals' offense were able to score one final touchdown to get within five. The onside kick was not successful, and the 49ers won their first NFL Super Bowl in franchise history. According to ProFootballReference.com, LeClaire had five solo tackles and five combined tackles in the loss to the 49ers. 
1983, Jim had one of his finest seasons in the NFL. He recorded 10 interceptions and 10 fumble recoveries. I should also make note too that in 1979, Jim did have a fumble recovery for a touchdown, the only one in his career. In 1984, Jim signed a two-year deal with the USFL's New Jersey Generals. Brought in to help shore up the defense, LeClaire and the Generals had two winning seasons under head coach Walt Michaels. 14-4 in 1984 and 11-7 in 1985. But they did not win any championships. Once his NFL career was over, Jim decided it was time to pursue his dream of becoming a football coach. He saw an opportunity to coach football at Mayville State University in 1986. He beat out Jim Housen and Jerry Pitzer to be the next head coach of the Comets after Al Holmes decided to retire after eight seasons. According to the Rapid City Journal article clipped from the newspapers.com, uh, dated for April 6, 1986, James Schobel, Mayville State's president at the time, said he's the first head coach in Mayville State's history to have prior NFL experience. But it didn't translate well with the players. Over three tough seasons, LeClaire's comments went 6-21 and in the DAC, or Dakota Athletic Conference. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. This story was written and produced by your host, Ross Bliley, edited by Nikki Bliley. You can follow me on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the podcast on multiple streaming providers such as Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, subscribe to the show on the Sports History Network. As a conversation starter, you can email me questions or leave feedback of the show at pigskintailspodcast at gmail.com. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of filmmusic.io. Once again, thanks for listening to the Big Skin Tales podcast. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.